1: Over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the
3: popcorn ready. It's going to be a show.
1: And Ron Wolfley.
3: It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. There's December football. And then there is December 25th football. Yes, the franchise with the same team colors as Team Santa, red, white, and black, is gifting everyone a great, christmas night home game and that is regardless of whether you've been naughty or nice and wolf you know which category you fit into
0: and i think you know as well paul
3: in addition to fitting into the santa suit and we all know that the gift that keeps on giving
0: load my sleigh paul
3: any holiday season is a playoff berth and that that would be the big big present that you always save to unwrap last a playoff spot 2021 that's how the season keeps going it is the big red rage not only ron wolfley yours truly paul calvisi christian kirk there's a gift here as we track into the holiday <laughs> weekend how about that can't wait to chop it up with the cardinals star wide receiver
0: yeah no doubt paulie and you know back when i played paul and i hate saying that you know i hate saying that back when i played paulie yet at the same time i will tell you that there was an old axiom in the game of football in the NFL at least in that axiom it was like you won games in November to make a run in December that was the big saying right there Paulie it seems now playing two games in January you might have to say you win games in December to make a run in January and that really is what this game is about coming up man this is a huge huge game I think for the arizona cardinals coming up against the colts on christmas day
3: and if you want to talk about history wolf and feelings the the vibe right now at least a lot of questions from a lot of media members are is everyone witnessing the ghost of christmas past as in last year as in the 6-3 and three yeah. start, then losing five of your last seven. We know how this year has gone. A 7-0 and start atop all the power poles, 10-2. and two. You're back atop all the power poles. And now, all of a sudden, you're in the midst of losing four of your last seven, two in a row. And Kyler Murray, hey, look, we, he was asked, okay, does this feel like 2020, the end of last season, all over again?
4: No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Again, you know, I – Still ten and four, uh, still first place individual. Like, I mean, this isn't this isn't uh, nowhere near what we were last year. That um, we're not going to allow it to be.
3: That was after the loss in Detroit, a lackluster loss. And yeah. look, there are just some games. Well, there are some losses where you're at a loss. To explain the loss. So, what would you, what have you processed about what we witnessed in Motown?
0: Yeah, you know, Paulie, I've been going back and forth, and honestly, thinking about this on a regular basis. It haunts my waking moments. Let's put it that way. Listen, they've they've lost two games in a row. It's the first time that's happened all season long. Of course, they've lost three games at home consecutively. They're three and four in their last seven. I I, I honestly think. This is a team that is in trouble right now. But you know what, Paulie? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I think. This is the beautiful thing about it. The great thing is being a player right now inside the Arizona Cardinals locker room because you don't care what anybody says. They have no control over what is going to happen. You, on the other hand, being a player inside the Arizona Cardinals locker room, you have control as to what is going to happen on Christmas Day against the Indianapolis Colts. I don't I don't know they're in trouble yet, Paul. I'm not willing to say that. I think this could be a team in trouble if, in fact, they don't win on Christmas Day.
3: So your thought process is that it goes beyond just effort and energy, the intensity, as Kyler said, no juice in Detroit, because that's imminently correctable. You're saying there might be bigger issues, and I bring that up. At least that's my presumption, because Carson Palmer and Drew Stanton were on the Pash Pod. And it was it's 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 a must listen, okay? You yes. gotta check it out. It really is. And I mean there's a lot of great football, there's a lot of great hijinks and just the anecdotes and the stories, and those are two of the funniest guys you'll ever find in any locker room. It's Indeed. great stuff. Okay, but, but when it came to the subject of quarterbacks and Kyler in particular, and the Arizona Cardinals as they stand right now, without DeAndre Hopkins, their are only certified legit number one receiver, right, and what that means for the offense. Well, here's Carson Palmer on the pash pod.
1: There's a guy in that huddle that can that can just flat out win a game. And when you take DeAndre, that guy, out of that huddle, it changes the dynamics of the huddle. And I, I just really look to see what kind of leader Kyler is going forward because now it's really all on him. Now it's on Kyler. Can Kyler lead this team? Can he find a way to overcome some, some adversity that they're going to have to overcome again? They're going to be down multiple scores again like they were last week in Detroit. Can they overcome it? Um, I absolutely think Tyler's capable of doing it. Um, I absolutely think Tyler has the ability and the the God-given athleticism, the arm talent, all of that. He's got it all. Now he needs to prove it.
3: And when I hear that, I instantly think of Tom Brady who just lost Chris Godwin, for example. I think of Aaron Rodgers, Mm -hmm. and I bring those two guys up because those are the other two Pro Bowl quarterbacks in the NFC. I think of an Aaron Rodgers coming in on on that Thursday night game against the Cardinals minus his top three receivers and finding a way to win. Taking that team, so uh, is, is that the way you translate what Carson is saying there? That that Kyler is going to have to be the biggest reason the Cardinals get wins, just even more so than ever
0: before. Yeah, no doubt about it, Paulie. I mean, this is what a franchise quarterback does, and Kyler Murray understands this. He knows this, and hopefully, he's willing to embrace it. I don't see him shying away from the responsibility, and I I know that inside that locker room, his teammates understand that he's not going to shy away from that. responsibility. Pauly, this is what a franchise quarterback does. Is is it fair? No. (laughs) It is not fair, Pauly. Yet at the same time, this is why they get paid the money that they do. Not only are they the human being that does something with the ball on every snap every offensive snap a quarterback actually does something with the football unless you're in the shotgun with James Conner, if <laughs> you're running something the wildcat Paul out there okay but this is why you impact your teammates more so than any other position any other position on the team, it is the reason why you get paid what you do. To be a true franchise quarterback, you've got to lead on the field, off the field, on the sideline, off the field. You've got to do it all. Constantly be the answer man on and off the field, Paul.
3: I wonder to what degree this offense has to evolve As well, though, and I bring that up for two reasons. There was a moment during a Chase Edmonds press conference this week where he said to the media, and it's sort of like he, it was sort of like it was a pre-planned talking point by Chase Incorporated, right? He made a point to tell the media that he's number one in yards per carry, and James Conner is number two in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. As in, you know what? You've got a dynamic duo of running backs. Let's use them.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
3: and I also bring it up because you look at Sean McVay and what he did recently with that Rams offense. And we've talked about that. They lost Robert Woods. They tried to run the same three and four wide receipts sets all the time. The highest percentage of any offense in the NFL. It didn't work. They lost three in a row. Yeah. And then Sean McVay went back to the Todd Gurley days, put Sony Michelle, and they started running the ball. Much more balanced offense. And boom, you see the difference. And I'm wondering if the Cardinals have to consider something like that.
0: Yeah, no, know, Paulie. You know, once again, though, it's a situation where this is, remember we were talking about Max Williams and the kind of balance yeah. that Max Williams yeah. really brought in rundown situations. Is he the tight end that Zach Ertz is? No way. He's not. And Max Williams would respectfully be the first guy, I think, that would tell you that. But he he was so good in terms of blocking at the point of attack. A lot of times you'll see an offense now where Zach Ertz is actually flexed out into the slot and there's nothing nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all because that is a good option for Kyler Murray right there. But in terms of, of giving a balanced approach out of 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, and three wide receivers, it's it doesn't bring the kind of balance you would like to see to this offense. And I really do believe, Paulie, going forward, if the Arizona Cardinals are going to right the ship here this Saturday on Christmas Day, they're going to have to run the ball.
3: Well, speaking of Zach Ertz, uh, you know, one of his comments after the loss in Motown really resonated. He said, and I quote, we can't let this thing spiral. Momentum is real in the NFL, good and bad. And, and to me, and we'll ask Christian Kirk next, I think just the fact you're on national TV in front of a captive audience on Christmas night is going to guarantee the energy. We'll see. It's the day Pasch Podcast. A reminder again, episode 21 with former Cardinals QBs Carson Palmer and Drew Stanton wherever you get your podcasts and you get the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. Christian Kirk is next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
2: great drop back and throws a fade deep right side over the shoulder catch by Kirk in the end zone for a touchdown snap to Murray drops back to throw fires right side of the end zone back shoulder Kirk adjusts beautifully and pulls it in for the touchdown drops back to throw now flushed out of the pocket rolls right throws right caught in the end zone it's a touchdown and it's Christian Kirk floats it middle of the field got a man it's caught by Kirk throws deep left side and a sliding catch is made by Christian Kirk the 20-yard line launches it up in the air christian kirk is there he's got it to 10 and down to the five murray takes the shotgun snap straight drop back steps up moves to his left throws left into the end zone and it's caught for a touchdown what a throw to christian kirk for six
3: been a top five scoring offense all season long and one of the top reasons why is our guest tonight on the big red rage someone who is closing in wolf on career highs in touchdown catches and receptions and a guy who was referred to repeatedly last week by our guest kelvin beecham he kept he kept saying captain kirk and, and I'm, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, boom, here we are with Christian Kirk. And, Christian, good evening, uh, and, and we'll get into everything. But how often, or is it only Kelvin Beecham who calls you Captain Kirk?
5: <laughs> uh, you know, I get I it around the building uh, from time to time, obviously with the uh, Star Trek reference, and I've gotten it uh, growing up, too. So there's only a select few people uh, that call me it, and uh, Kelvin being one of them.
0: Christian, are you a are you a Star Trek fan or Star Wars fan?
5: Uh, I'm more of a Star Wars fan, um, but for those who are Star Trek fans, uh, they're more likely the people to call me Captain (laughs) Kirk.
3: You've never had a Star Wars conversation with your head coach, have you? Because earlier this year, uh, Kyler said he really wasn't familiar with Yoda and the whole pose thing and everything. And and Cliff, I think, was semi-offended that that Kyler really didn't know much about Star Wars because he admitted he was a big fan growing up.
5: Yeah, I haven't had to a, a, a direct conversation with Cliff about it, but I'm sure we could uh, relate on some levels because, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan and uh, loved all the movies.
0: So, Christian, talk to us a little bit here about your season personally. I'm not talking about the Cardinals overall. I want to know, first of all, about your season personally. How are you doing? How do you think it's going?
5: Uh, I think it's going good. You know, I'm just um, the main thing, uh, which I've, you know, been working for, uh, since it happened my, my rookie year was just being healthy and being available. And I think that's the the biggest, um, you know, contribution I can, um, you know, be making so far is, you know, just being available um, and being out there every Sunday uh, for my team. And uh, with that, you know, it allows everything else to, you know, add on top of that. So uh, without that, you know, I wouldn't be out there, you know, making the plays that I've uh, been able to make. And, you know, it's just especially later in the season, It's just, uh, you know, an area I'm really just trying to hone in on and just, you know, make sure my body's, um, you know, where it needs to be at to, you know, perform my best.
3: If you go back to camp, if you had a dollar for every time you were asked about playing inside, right, versus having to play outside like you did, you know, last season, et cetera, and, and how big a deal that is and how much more comfortable you are inside. But how has that materialized? Has that been a big deal? And have you almost exclusively been inside this year?
5: Yeah, you know, I, I definitely think that you you can see, um, you know, a lot of successes, you know, come from, you know, be, me being in there and, you know, I'm just comfortable in there. It's something I've done, you know, my whole entire career and, um, you know, coming into the NFL and being moved outside uh, definitely was an adjustment. You know, I think it is an adjustment for anyone uh, who kind of plays a, a different position than what they're normal, uh, normally used to. And, you know, for me, it was just still learning some of the nuances and, you Um, You know, I had some success here and there, but um, definitely having more with playing more primarily in the slot and um, taking a couple snaps here and there at outside as well. So I think, uh, you know, Coach Kingsbury has done a great job of just kind of moving me around and, you know, putting me in different positions to succeed.
0: Christian, I know that you are a humble guy, no doubt about it, but if you don't mind, tell us where you think you've improved the most this year because I can see it, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Where do you think you've improved the most
5: you know i think a lot of parts of my game have improved um you know but for me i just feel like i'm playing with the most confidence uh that i can you know week in and week out and uh, just making you know the contested catches you know making those opportunities mm. winning versus man coverage and you know just coming up with um you know big plays and you know high intense high stress situations you know third and fourth downs uh, where we needed the most. Um, you know, Kyler's been able to, you know, rely on me and I've been able to, to, to make the opportunities for him. And uh, that's all I want to do is, uh, you know, just make, make his job easier and um, just put our team in the best position to win.
3: It's all about you, Christian Kirk, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. So, how has life changed for you and the rest of the receivers minus D Hop? Cliff Kingsbury talks about how. He sees different coverages. It impacts his play calling when DeAndre Hopkins isn't out on that field. There was a three-game stretch in November. We know about that. So, I mean, you're pretty accustomed to it at this point. How, how is it different when he's not there?
5: Uh, it's different in a lot of ways. Um, you know, just his persona and personality and just having him as, you know, a guy in the locker room and just, you know, having him around. Uh, not not having him there and you know being able to look over there and go over and conversate and not having him in the meeting rooms and you know it definitely changes it changes the dynamic and you know obviously the the most part we miss him is is on sundays and so you know we, we're obviously you know uh, wishing him a, a quick recovery but uh, for us, you know, we just have to dial in and and make sure that you know we're doing our jobs and making sure that you know we are on point and we're 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 not you know missing any beats you know we We put a lot of uh you know pressure on ourselves in our room to make sure that you know we hold ourselves to the standard uh that is set you know when DeAndre is there in the room and 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 on the field you know because he is our leader he sets the standard so Um, You know, we've we've been doing good so far, and, you know, we're just uh, trying to to keep it going.
0: Christian, what is the mentality right now in the locker room? You watched the tape, of course, of the Detroit game. I know that had to be an absolute disappointment to you guys through and through. Talk to me a little bit about the mood in the locker room.
5: Yeah, you know, we talked about it after the game. Um, The easy thing for us to do was uh, to feel sorry for ourselves and, you know, go and point fingers and uh, try to blame it on, you know, this or that. Or, but I think the biggest thing is us as individuals looking in the mirror and asking ourselves, what can I do better? Am I doing my job? Did I do my job the best on this play? And really being um, very self-critical of ourselves as individuals uh, because if we all as individuals hone in on what we're supposed to do, our, our job and, and, and doing it the best that we can be, uh, then when we come together on both sides of the ball, 11 men on there on the field, you know, we will be at our best. So um, guys definitely took it to heart. Uh, it sucked. It was, a, it was a terrible feeling, but um, I'm confident with after the week of practice that we've had and just the guys' mentality uh, that we'll be able
3: to bounce back. You know, Chandler told the media today, told an anecdote of where it was basically a, a player's meeting of sorts this week and went around the room and the question was, all right, how many guys have been 10 and 4 before? And and the point was to try and reinforce, okay, there's an opportunity here that these sort of seasons don't happen every year and that how many guys have really been in in a position to have a number one seed potentially still Mm -hmm. and clinch a playoff spot, et cetera. Uh, Can you pick up on that? And and how did that go and how do you think that – what sort of impact did that make?
5: It's just realizing, you know, we still have everything that we want in front of us. Uh, the season isn't over. We still have three games left, and um, three really big ones. And we can decide, um, you know, our, our destiny and what we want to make this season, um, and, and how we want it to go. And uh, you know, Chandler hit it on the head. You know, it's it's really rare when you come across a season like this. Now, I think about it, it. Took you know two seasons for me to even reach ten career wins. Uh, you know, in the NFL. Uh, so it's it, it's it's hard to win in this league and guys understand that and that's why we can't take it for granted uh no matter how we've gotten here you know no matter how good the first half of the season went you know we need to get back to that and uh like i said we we just need to hone in and um just go back to the basics and remember what got us here
0: christian was that basically a players only meeting was that a situation where it was just you guys were there coaches that were in the room was it was it everybody to what degree did this meeting entail
5: uh, it was everybody, and it, I think it is important to have everybody in there to um, just, you know, be able to buy into the message that's being uh, spread across, you know, the building mm-hmm. and you know the rooms, the rooms that uh, we are in every day, and, and the, the people that we're around every day. And I think that's the most important, you know, when you're talking about you know setting a culture and um, setting a mission, mm-hmm. you know, for a football team is everybody has to buy
3: into that same mission. So, Kyler Murray met the media this week, and uh, I asked him, okay, if you had a laundry list of, of things you'd like to improve starting with this game against the Colts on offense, what would it be? Here's
4: Kyler. say it all the time. You know, moving backwards um, kills drives, you know, stalls them. Um, you know, I feel like when we're not doing that, we're pretty good. If we can limit the, um, you know, penalties, turnovers, stuff like that, we'll be fine. Yeah, getting behind the sticks, no doubt.
3: What else? What else would you add to that list? I mean, if, if you could make your Christmas wish list, right, and, and what the Cardinals' offense would look like or what corrections you guys would make from the last two weeks, what would it be?
5: I would say it's pretty similar. And, you know, for us it's it's pretty obvious that, um, you know, when we don't start fast and we get behind the chains, uh, that's when we struggle the most. Uh, it's when we start fast, uh, we stay in front of the chains, we're running the ball and we're just executing our plays you know that's when the the effort's never not there um and that's not the problem for us it's usually you know a lack of execution or a penalty um and not focusing on those parts but uh when we come out and we start fast and you know we execute that's when we're at our best and Uh, that would be on my wish list for uh, what a perfect start would look like for us on on Saturday for our offense.
0: Now Christian, I know you're a wide receiver and I know you're a doggone good one. And I know you want the ball like every other wide receiver that is out there. But can you put into words for us just how important you think it is that this offense is balanced going forward if you do think that. If you think not, go ahead and tell us. But I look at it and think you need to be balanced. Am I wrong on that, Christian? You're
5: not wrong, and I've played in this offense for a long time, uh, dating back to my days in in college at Texas A&M. And I've always said it that this offense doesn't work if you can't run the ball. Um, When you allow defenses to, you know, pin their ears back and, um, you know, send send you know their dogs up front to the quarterback and. Um, you're just trying to get into a drop-back pass and, uh, you know, they have nothing else to worry about and they're, they're not worrying about their run threat, then uh, it is hard and um, you become inefficient. And, I mean, it, it, the tape and, you know, the game speak for itself. I mean, when we're at our best, uh, we're running the ball and we're running it well. And so, uh, you know, that's got to be a, a form of emphasis, which it is. And, um, like I said, when, when we get that running game going, it opens everything
3: else up. Does the offense need to change at all? Minus D-Hop, is that too radical? I mean, does it need to evolve? You saw what Sean McVay did recently with the Rams minus Robert Woods. I'm just curious if if this offense needs to change in any way.
5: I don't think it needs to change. Um, you know, what we have is enough. And obviously, depending on who the opponent is, the game plan changes. But uh, this offense has everything uh, that it needs to go out there and, you know, win... Uh, more games than we've already won, you know, so far. And uh, But like I said, it's, it comes down to the execution and the details of what we do and, and start that.
3: All right, and we'll come back and we'll get into what the Colts do on defense because it's far from just Jonathan Taylor and that Colts team and why they're eight and six and they've won five out of six. We continue with the Big Red Rage and Christian Kirk, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Captain.
2: fourth down hit and sacked Chandler Jones five sacks on the day for 55 and it's going to be a quarterback run up the middle at the 10 at the 5 Murray dies for the end zone and he's in for the touchdown Kyler Murray makes him pay with a 12-yard run. Picked off by Buda. Baker's got it at the 35, goes down at the 31, and that's it. Buda seals it. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. James Connor with his third touchdown of the day. This one through the air.
3: His second Pro Bowl. James Connor. Kyler Murray. His second Pro Bowl and by the way the other two Pro Bowl quarterbacks in the NFC Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady by the way Mm. Chandler Jones his fourth Pro Bowl Buda Baker his fourth Pro Bowl three is a safety one is a special teamer it is a big red rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert Paul Calvisi Ron Wolfley and our very special guest wide receiver Christian Kirk and Christian, uh, tell us what was the reaction in the locker room when you guys saw the the Pro Bowl uh, nominees? There's, you know, his whole list of alternates as well. But uh, what's that like in an NFL locker room when that news is finally announced and made official?
5: Well, when you got the four guys that were selected um, with the caliber of players that they are. Uh, there's really no surprise. I mean, just with the the uh, level that they play at, uh, week in and week at, week in and week out is is just, you know, beyond impressive. And, you know, they deserve um, that nomination, um, you know, wholeheartedly. And it's just for us, you know, guys that are in the locker room that get to experience them and see how they work um, on a day-to-day basis, uh, you just can't help yourself but to feel um, nothing but, you know, very proud for them and and happy for them uh, because they deserve it and along with all the alternates as well. And, uh, you know, hopefully – Uh, We will be playing, um, you know, in the Super Bowl. So they won't be playing, you know, in the Pro Bowl. But, you know, if not, uh, you know, it would be exciting to go out there and, and, and watch them, you know, play with the best
0: that that would be awesome there's no doubt about it the pro bowl is really a big honor of course and i think there's one in your future one or two maybe maybe even more than that in your future as well you just got to get that opportunity to go out there and perform how much does it mean to you is it something is it a goal of yours
5: oh 100 um you know i i definitely uh you know have that goal you know set for me and you know i I work my butt off to uh you know, I try to, to, to accomplish those goals. And, you know, I, I know uh, i, mean, I got to be patient. And, you know, when, when the time comes, the time comes. Um, but, you know, for now, I get to, uh, you know, sit back and watch to, to see what it takes um, mm-hmm. to, to be able to get your name nominated, um, you know, and, and to have a, a season, you know, that that, that takes it um, to be able to, to, to get to that point.
3: Christian Kirk is our guest on the Big Red Rage. The team with the most Pro Bowlers? The Indianapolis Colts. Yes, was seven. Here's Kyler Murray when asked for a quick scouting report on your opponent Saturday night.
4: It's a great team. I mean, there's no sugarcoating. I mean, they're they're a great team. Um, you know, a lot of talent over there, defense, offense. Uh, and we're gonna have to be ready for it. You know, this is uh, it's December football. It's playoff playoff like atmosphere on Christmas. They're gonna be ready. You know, we know, we, we gotta we gotta come to play. Yeah, and it's
3: not just Jonathan Taylor. I, they have a pro cool. bowler on all three levels of the defense and D tackle DeForest Buckner, their Special standout teams. linebacker Yeah. Darius Leonard, yes, absolutely. Well what? Two of the last five games, they have a punt return for touchdown, and then Kenny Moore. Now Kenny Moore is someone he's their nickel corner, slot corner, correct? Yeah. Christian, that could be a direct matchup for you, I'm guessing.
5: Yeah, no, Kenny's a great player. Um I worked out with him a couple off seasons ago and got to know him a little bit and Um, been following him ever since and you know his story is incredible and you know he plays at a high level so uh you know anytime you get to go against you know a higher caliber player like that um you know it's always fun so definitely looking forward to you know all the talent uh that they have on their team and and facing them on saturday night
0: yeah you know saturday night happens to be christmas day (laughs) have you ever played on christmas before what has been your encounter in your life your football life with christmas
5: uh, I've never played on Christmas before uh, in college. You know, we would travel usually on Christmas uh, for our bowl game, uh, wherever the bowl game was. I, we, we'd usually travel and practice, you know, on Christmas Day. Uh, so I've I've had to you know football or practice football uh, or I've had to travel for, but I uh, never had a game. So uh, definitely exciting, you know. It's it's another you know prime time atmosphere and you know like Kyler mentioned, it's December, it's it's playoff. Uh, like atmosphere and implications. So, you know, it'll it'll be a big stage, and, you know, we're excited for
3: it. And look, at halftime of the Detroit game, you know, Cliff Kingsbury told us walking off the field, you know, we came out flat and okay, and then Kyler after the game, there wasn't enough juice. I, I don't think that's going to be a problem on national TV on Christmas night when you know the entire country is watching. Is that a safe assumption, Christian?
5: Oh, 100%. You know, I think if you're not able to get up for – a game like this uh, you know there's something wrong uh, you you definitely um, you know play at this level for opportunities like this and you know you got to take advantage of them um, you know I said it when we were playing on Monday night you know when, when the lights are bright and all eyes are on you uh, you know there's a lot of opportunity there to um, to you know show a lot of people what you're made of and and what kind of football team you are. So, you know, we got to take advantage
0: of that. So, I know that you've watched an awful lot of tape on the Indianapolis Colts and their defense. So, tell us a little bit what you think. Give us a little scouting report on the Colts, Christian.
5: They're talented. They're talented and uh, they're very opportunistic. Um, you know, the, they lead the league in, in turnovers and forced fumbles and uh, they do a great job of getting the ball out. You know, so our ball security, you know, has to be. Um, nothing short of perfect, uh, because they they will, um, you know, look for those opportunities and they'll capitalize off of it, uh, and, and we can't afford that. And so, you know, we're going to have to do a good job of, you know, taking what the defense gets us, um, you know, be be efficient and be smart, um, you know, when we have the ball in our, in our hands, and you know, just make the opportunities, uh, you know, when they come our way.
3: You know, Darius Leonard told the media this week that if he played in Dallas and he played in more primetime games he would be the defensive player of the year, hands down. That's that's what he told me, because I think he was getting tired of hearing the Micah Parsons talk all the time, the rookie in Dallas. But, you know, Darius Leonard, uh, 53. I mean, especially being in the slot, and he's that will linebacker. Uh, how often do you keep an eye out for him during this game?
5: Oh, you know, especially in the run game, uh, which we are very involved in as receivers, uh, we'll definitely have to, you know, keep an eye out for him. And, like I said, um, you know, he's the leader of, of you know, being able to create those turnovers. Uh, you know, I think he has a couple of interceptions and a, a ton of forced fumbles, so whenever um uh, you know, we have the ball in traffic, you know, we'll definitely be looking, you know, out for him and, and make sure, you know, we have great ball security. But uh he's a great player and uh I think the tape and you know all of his statistics show that. And so, uh, yeah, we'll
0: have to be ready for them. So, Christian, go ahead and flip it over and look at the offensive side of the ball. I know you're not sitting around watching reels of tape on the Indianapolis Colts and how they run the ball, but I know you're aware of Jonathan Taylor, of course, and the fact that the Colts have a very, very good offensive line. Talk to us about what you know of the Colts' offense. Well, you
5: know, like like you said, it starts up front for them. Um, They have arguably... Uh, one of the best offensive lines in, in football right now and with arguably the best running back in Jonathan Taylor. and uh, You know, they still got guys on the outside that can make plays and, um, and Michael Pittman and, you know, uh, T.Y. Hill and, and so, uh, you know, we, they have a lot of firepower over there and, you know, Carson Wentz does a great job and, and so, you know, I, their their goal is to hold on to the ball and, you know, be efficient with the run game and, um, you know, just kind of take what the defense gets, it gives you and, um, then try to hit you over the top, you know, with, with, with some, you know, deep balls and trying to push the ball down the field. So, um, you know, I, I like the way our defense has been preparing uh, this week, and, you know, they know they have a, a big challenge at hand, And um, but I'm excited to, to, to go out there and, and, and watch them battle.
3: You've you've had your finger on the pulse of this team. You told us after the Tennessee win in Nashville, you said, you know what, we're not letting stuff slide this year. You know, you're talking about the locker room and the leadership within, right, and guys holding each other accountable. I know after the Monday night loss, you said, hey, we're going to be harsh on, our, on ourselves. And you know how the media is spinning this one, right? It, the surging Colts against the sliding Cardinals. I mean, where is the confidence level right now in the Cardinals locker room, you think?
5: Well, we're confident. I mean, we're the same team uh, a couple weeks ago that were, you know, had one loss under our belt and, you know, still, uh, we're ranked number one and, you know, top of our division and, um, we're still in, in, in the number one, you know, seed talks. And, uh, yes, we've had some disappointing losses, um, but that doesn't, you know, mean that we've changed. The dynamic hasn't changed. The mindset hasn't changed and neither has the mentality. Um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, we just need to do a better job of, you know, executing and take advantage of our opportunities on Sunday. And so uh, the the confidence level has not changed whatsoever. Um, you know, we know how good we can be when we do play our best. And we just got to get back to that. And I think it starts with, um, you know, starting fast on Saturday.
0: Christian, do you feel the onus is on you guys, the offense in particular, to set the tone for this game and score points? Yeah, that that honestly, I think, would probably help the defense, as a matter of fact, knowing that if you could make the Colts one-dimensional, try to get them to play catch-up in the second half, that that's not playing into their strength. Do you feel any responsibility in particular for the offense to play and score points and light it up and try to make the Colts one-dimensional? I mean, you
5: know, I think we feel that pressure, um, you know, week in and week out. As an offense, we hold ourselves to such high standards. Um, you know, for us, any time we leave the field without points, um, you know, that's that's a missed opportunity. And to us, you know, that's that's you know not okay, and that's not our standard. Uh, I think in Houston, I think in versus Houston, you know, we still scored 31 points, and I pointed out the fact that we play terrible on offense, and you know, that's just our standard, that's our mindset. And so, um, yes, at the beginning of the game, starting fast and putting points on the board. Uh, it's great, but we expect that, you know, week in and week out. Um, but I think it, it, it's on, you know, whichever side of the ball uh, goes out there on Sunday 1st, um, you know, has to start the tone, has to set the tone, and, you know, that's just with our mindset mm-hmm. and, you know, how we approach Saturday.
3: Are, are you going to have to run some no-huddle shopping tomorrow? Are you going to have to go up-tempo? How are you doing with your shopping for Christmas Day no, there, no. Christian?
5: Oh, oh, I'm, I'm ahead of it this year. I'm usually a last-minute kind of guy, but I got ahead of it, so I'm, I'm sitting comfortable and no stress going into uh, Christmas
0: Day. No, I'm going out tomorrow. You better believe it. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm well, in trouble. Well, if I finish today, no, Christian's I ahead just, of the game. I, I finish don't today. I
0: want to about it, Paul.
3: Yeah, you're living vicariously through Christian right now with the shopping. <laughs> That's good. That's well <laughs> done. Okay, you, thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate all right, there you, you go. Cardinals outstanding receiver Christian Kirk joining us here on the Big Red Rage. Well, sounds like you I better know. talk to Stop Christian it. after the show to get some ideas. Sounds like you're struggling over there. Big time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. How can the Cardinals have more success than Wolf's Holiday Shopping? We'll talk about that next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Four in Gilbert.
2: Second and eight.
1: Colts at their 33. Taylor's got it. Nice off. He, he could go all the way. 30 they're trying to chase him down to the 10 5 touchdown Colts touchdown Colts 67
2: yards with two to go two minutes one second left that might have done it
3: the fastest run The fastest miles per hour of any ball carrier in any game this year, better than 22 miles per hour. That was the 67-yard dagger against the Patriots. Wolf, we were watching that in Motown last Saturday night for Cardinals-Lions. And and you know better than anyone, your former coach, Bel Belichick, he goes into any game saying, we're going to take away what you do best. Yep. And, oh, boy, Jonathan Taylor, yet another big game, and it's real simple. We could spend the next hour talking about stats on your NFL's leading rusher, and he's 400 yards plus more than any other rusher this year, but the Indianapolis Colts, when he rushes for 100 or more, are 8-0, and when he rushes for less than 100, they're 0-6.
0: What's your point, Paul?
3: Stop I mean... the run. <laughs> Stop Jonathan Taylor. It's just if it Can takes, you
0: oversimplify this I mean, thing, Paul? Can you do that?
3: Once again, it's it's the guy, it's the Colts fan who wears that hat, run the damn ball. Yeah. Cardinals <laughs> fans need to show up to State Farm Stadium on Christmas night with hats that just say stop the run. It's that simple.
0: Paulie, honestly, right now, I, I, I've, I've been thinking about this game and thinking about it and thinking about it, and all I can think of is the fundamentals, the fundamentals of the game. I honestly believe the team that executes the fundamentals better is going to win this game. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. When I say fundamentals, I'm talking about blocking and tackling this is going to be the most physical game i believe the arizona cardinals will play this regular season this Uh. is going to be the most physical game i expect the arizona cardinals to come out and compete on the line of scrimmage just like they did against the tennessee titans just like they did paul against the cleveland browns i expect them to come out and compete on the line of scrimmage Vance Joseph is going to have his boys ready to compete on the line of scrimmage, and if they don't, abandon all hope.
3: So how much confidence do you take in the fact that they shut down Derrick Henry, that at halftime against the Vikings, they then shut down Dalvin Cook after they committed to stopping the run in the Cleveland game, and and look, the Niners, who have pretty much run on anyone and everyone, they did not as the Cardinals swept them, so... You know, and Vance Joseph will look you in the eye and say, when we've committed to stopping the run, we have done so for the most part. Uh, So, what sort of confidence does that give you against a guy who might be your NFL MVP this year?
0: Yeah, no, it gives me a lot of confidence. It does, Paulie, because they have done it before. Um, You know, but once again, until you go out and actually prove that you can shut somebody down. You know, it's it's the hanging Chad, Paul. They've got to yeah. go out and they got to prove that they can do that. Well, I just – go ahead.
3: I was going to say, and, and to your point about the blocking and tackling, let's talk about tackling because he also leads the NFL in yards after contact. He has an incomprehensible 1,147 yards rushing after contact.
0: Yeah. Blocking so and tackling, Paul.
3: He has 42 runs of 10-plus yards. I mean, he is so far ahead of every other running back in the nfl now they might be down two starters on the offensive line we'll see quentin nelson did return to practice but they're going to be missing their starting center and their starting right guard for the most part yes and then and then we'll, let's flip it real quick i mean
0: that's a big you, deal paulie first yeah. of all it really is because once again this game is going to be about the offensive line on both sides of the ball it's so, going to be about the line of scrimmage
3: rodney hudson Yes. Can you can you can you overstate how important that might be, especially when you've got a Colts defense that has been putting to Forrest Buckner, the pro bowler, over the and the nose tackle position quite a bit this year. And so I mean, just if you had Rodney Hudson back, man, that would go a long way towards trying to establish a run game with Chase and James Conner.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Rodney Hudson once again, I think he got kind of hosed because of the conference change in terms of the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now he's in the NFC where he's built this Massive reputation in the AFC with the Raiders, of course. So um, Rodney Hudson, we all know, is a Pro Bowl uh, caliber center. Um, There's no doubt, Paulie, this game is going to come down to the line of scrimmage. It's going to be on both sides of the ball, blocking and tackling. Indeed, I cannot help it, Paul. For me, it's, okay, the team that runs the ball better wins this game. Now, that, that immediately seems to favor the Indianapolis Colts, but again, I have hope, and the reason why I have hope is because of what you said earlier, because the defense has risen up in certain occasions and done a great job at shutting down the likes of a Derrick Henry, shutting down Kareem Hunt in the Cleveland Browns, shutting down Delvin Cook in that second half. There's no doubt. And then you flip it over to your point about Rodney Hudson this is all about the line of scrimmage you got all this talent that is going to be out there on the field and yet it's going to come down to the line of scrimmage and who controls the line of scrimmage paul this is this is going to be an old world football game like we haven't seen in a while because the
3: last time the cardinals were in primetime on monday night and what happened kyler was running for his life aaron donald Had 14 quarterback pressures. He had three sacks. We know Kyler in his last two primetime appearances, zero touchdown passes four interceptions combined in those two. You're talking about a Colts uh, team that is number one in turnover ratio. Y- you heard Christian Kirk talk about how they're number one in takeaways, that defense, right? This team is number one in points off turnovers. I think they have the second fewest penalties. What I'm saying is they're playing winning Whoa. football right now. After a one-in-four start, they won five out of six. Yes. It's just a winning brand of football right now.
0: And Everything you just said right there, Paulie, and we were talking about this earlier, seven pro bowlers. <laughs> seven. That was the most in the National Football League. Seven. Uh, eight and six. You got an eight and six football team that has seven pro bowlers in all three phases. Offensively, defensively, and in transition. Their deep snapper is a pro. I mean, Paul. Okay, so let me ask you this. Wow.
3: Is the quarterback, Carson Wentz, an asset or a liability?
0: I think in that offense, he's an asset.
3: Because when he's had to throw 35 or more passes... I, yeah they're winless this
0: year yeah you know what good paulie shut down the run and make them one dimensional and what does that mean what does that entail is that nine in the box could that possibly yes it could possibly mean nine in the box
3: refresh my memory against derrick henry didn't zavin collins play in a three inside linebacker set a good number of snaps in that game didn't they go with, with sort of a 4-3 almost the entirety of that game against derrick henry yes so i'm wondering zaymond collins hasn't seen the field on defense the last two games is there a role for him in this game
0: there's a possibility paulie i I think we could see a 4-4 we've seen it before from vance joseph four down linemen four linebackers a 4-4
3: well, again, uh, if the Cardinals win, they are in. clinch their first playoff spot since 2015, and that is a nice gift to unwrap on Christmas night. Special thanks, Jeff Darge, Jim for Ron Wolfley, and Christian Kirk on Paul Calvisi. Merry Christmas, everyone, from the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.